The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. Closet episode 118. I'm in a dojo. Check it out because our next guest, she's a member of WOW Wrestling. She's a black belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, a real life superhero. And it's taken her years to hone in this craft. She also is an incredible award winning graphic designer, motion graph, everything. She does it all. This is the epitome of artist. So, Brand Fam Realm Network. Put your hands together for a warm welcome, Ms. Karen Tran. Hey. I'm so excited to meet you. May Valentine has been saying, how did you, how do you even know her? Because oh. is it through women of wrestling or? Um, through NWA, actually. Um, we just met because we were sharing the same Airbnb, like when I was working for them. And, you know, it was her, it was my first time there. It was her first time there. And. We just kind of became like BFFs, like on like the first, um, you know, the first tapings that we did together. It wasn't the first NWA tapings, but you know, ever since then, we've just like stayed like super close friends, and um, it was just kind of like yeah, fate that we <laughs> just ended up. I, you are together. such a badass. And what <laughs> taping did you meet her at? Um, it was, I believe, the it was December twenty nineteen. 2019, yes. Oh, so you, you've known her for a while. Okay. Yeah, oh, a couple of years now. And you're yeah. now, you're from Australia. Are we hail yeah. from Australia originally? Like where exactly? Um, Sydney, Sydney, Australia. Okay. Yeah. So it's been a, it's been a hot minute since I've uh, been back there. Um, you know, still very much, still very much home there. So, you know, it's, uh, I've been in LA for like, well, I lived in LA for 10 years. And okay. Then, um now I live in Virginia. <laughs> so this is crazy. And, and yeah, you're, I'm, I'm Tran is, is Vietnamese, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um I'm Chinese, Vietnamese, um mostly Chinese, but um, you know, I obviously my last name is Vietnamese, so I, you know, very much identify with that part of my my um my roots as well. So Well that's what I was trying to figure out because of just your martial arts background and I mean I, mm-hmm. I speak some Vietnamese and so I was oh like oh I was so excited and then um I was like I didn't think there was a lot of like black belt in in Vietnam maybe there is but what is that that's mostly Chinese right pardon um, my ignorance well um I actually have a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu so it's not it's not really you know it was not really I mean obviously you know um China has like a deep-rooted uh, history in martial arts, but yeah. I actually didn't grow up training in any kind of like um, Asian martial art at all. And um, it was only like sort of in my 20s that I decided to, giving away my age, <laughs> only in my 20s that I decided to like pursue any kind of like, you know, martial arts activity. And, um, and that was actually Japanese jujitsu, like, 
you know, way back when before um, before I then decided to transition into Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. But um, yeah, it's a long storied history of, of training and um, and why? Like, why? <laughs> what makes this little girl decide to do? To, I'm just blown away. Like, was it like a family member? Was it a friend? Like, how how did this come about? Okay, so that so that's an interesting story in itself. Um, okay, where do I even start with it? Um, wherever. All right, so um, I was born and bred in Australia, Sydney, Australia, and um, I guess um, for a good portion of my youth and into like my early 20s I played music and I was in a band so um playing what playing what a uh, bass guitar I was a bass oh, player no way <laughs> you can't find a bass player that's good we don't even have, I'm in a band too so we only have a trio now because we can never find a bass player that's <laughs> insane okay so of course you play like the awesome <laughs> so I played bass for like um 10 years and uh, I was like uh, in you know a lot of bands and stuff back home, uh, we toured a lot. We, you know we recorded a bunch of albums, and um, you know had sort of relative success on the sort of punk rock indie scene back uh, way back when. And um, I got really jaded from just being in the music industry, as you, I'm sure you can probably relate yeah. <laughs> somewhat. But um, especially at that time of my life, where kind of didn't wasn't really mature enough to understand how to uh not um get so emotionally involved in every aspect of everything that was going on so you know I, nice. I attribute it to just being that age and um just being in that business at that age it was just too much um too much for me at that point and then I um I just felt like that lifestyle of just like partying and just staying up all night and just, you know, just been pretty much living that rock star lifestyle, even though I wasn't anywhere near like sort of like the, the status that would um, justify being living like that, that I thought I could because why the fuck not? Um, anyway, I was destroying my body on a you know, systematic basis and, uh, I just decided that I needed to do something that was going to counteract all that badness that I'd been <laughs> doing to myself over all those years. And my roommate at the time was like, oh, look, I'm trying this like fitness class. Do you want to, you know, come with me? And it turns out it was like a kickboxing class or at a martial arts school. And I went with her the next day because we were at the bar, of course, drinking cocktails. And, <laughs> and she, she convinced me to do to do that and to come along with her so um so I did and um I just ended up um not not stopping ever since I joined that first class and I basically haven't taken a day off of training um since since I stepped into that martial arts studio um and that was um about yeah 15 years ago I would say now so I've, like other than like the times that I've been, you know, injured, which I, you know, I've had a handful of like serious injuries that have taken me out of training and competing, um, you know, over the course of those 15 years. Like what? what kind um, of let's see. Um, I, I'm looking at you right now. Like you look amazing. <laughs> like God. Um, I, I broke my nose. Um, I disagree. Broke, broke your nose? <laughs> 
Um, yeah, that wasn't fun. That was the worst one out of all. My nose is actually very crooked too. Even when I, you know, you, you see people doing that symmetrical challenge, you know, on TikTok or whatever, like my face is not symmetrical. Whatsoever. Don't worry about it, girl. <laughs> so that wasn't fun. Um, and then I dislocated uh, my hand. So I dislocated that part of my hand in competition. Um, and then I busted up both my knees. I've got shoulder, you know, shit that has this is chronic um and then like you know just chronic stuff with my neck and my back i mean you know i'm just kind of like a, a walking chronic injury but i kind of make do um as best as i can um to just you know get by and just do the best that i can and you know so far um other than all a few kind of minor injuries here and there i've been pretty lucky knock on wood <laughs> but, um yeah so um i just became obsessed with it just like i was obsessed with music you know like in all that time that i was like playing in a band i just um became obsessed with like training and martial arts and um i just haven't kind of stopped ever since i started that journey and um basically just worked all my way worked all the way up to getting my bike belt um just over a year ago now so it was i felt like a pretty big achievement for me because I, I, I tend to like not stick things out and um you know quit right before things get really like about to get really big like i kind of it's like a theme in my life where i sort of just you know choose to not go the full distance on anything because of whatever reason <laughs> but yeah but what, it, what is know, that go, i'm sorry i talked over you i'll make my point after years go ahead um but yeah with martial arts or with uh jujitsu specifically brazilian jujitsu i it was one of the things that i stuck all the way through and and i still love it um you know as much as i did when i first started and you know now that i've gotten um the, uh, my black belt, I've gotten the opportunity like to become a coach and to teach and it's re re really reinvigorated my love for, for the um, for the art and for the sport of it. And yeah, I'm, I feel very grateful that I have that in my life and yeah, it's wonderful. <laughs> How long then did it take you to achieve that? How many years? Um, specifically Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, uh, that portion of my, uh, my martial arts journey was I started in 2008 so uh 11 just over 12 years I guess yeah wow. yeah does that does it cost a lot like do you just chip at it each week like yeah I mean thing like I'm, I'm just thinking like the investment like how much does that cost for somebody that wants to do that um I it varies like the um depending on what school you decide to go to where you live you know all those kinds of things play a factor in how much you know you end up paying for membership fees but um it definitely i i've never even thought about the cost of like yeah that's what i'm thinking about yeah how years it's been i just um <clears throat> I, I can't even imagine i, can't, I don't even <laughs> i don't, I don't know what i think about it yeah but like it's you know it's it's definitely um it's definitely an investment, um, like just as you would, you know, invest, uh, invest in your education, going to like, you know, a good school or whatever, like it's the same kind of deal. And I feel like it's, uh, for me, it's definitely paid off and it's my therapy. It's my, it's my fitness. It's my like, 
it's all encompassing. So um, the the dollar value on it doesn't even like factor into it to me. So it's kind of like a necessity to for me to like mm-hmm. not go absolutely crazy. <laughs> like I need to have that in my life, and um, I don't know what I would do without that. So it's kind of like, well, you know, I need to buy food and pay my electricity bill as much as I need to like pay my, you know, gym dues and yeah. So I get it. I trust yeah. What is it like being a woman and having that sort of skill set under your belt? Like how does that translate into your daily life? It's just because I know like just because of wrestling and being in wrestling and all the things mm-hmm. that I know it, like I'm already like pretty confident, like out of the womb. But then when I know like that I can hurt people if they fuck with me, like there's a certain like power with that. And it yeah. it adds to like a very well, a nice peace of mind for me, you know? And I, I wonder like other, a lot of my girlfriends that are really, really good workers, great wrestlers, mm-hmm. you know, like usually they're the ones like getting in trouble for, you know, causing a, a, a stir rather than that. They never have to worry about a guy like laying a hand on them. It's just not that it's male, but, you know, I've mm-hmm. had some run-ins in the past with the guy. So it's a really, like, amazing feeling to know that in many ways that I can take care of myself. And I, I wonder, does that even cross your mind or you don't you don't do it for that? But is mm-hmm. that nice that you're in Los Angeles and you're walking down the street like I would pity the person that would screw with you? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> I really can't... Um... I really can't emphasize the value of um, self-defense um, self-defense, and just general confidence that training a martial art gives a, a woman. Like, it, there's nothing that empowers you more than walking into a room and knowing that you don't have to worry about, um, not that you don't have to worry, but the, the level, there's, you know, I think the first thing about like martial arts that I like to communicate to anyone that you know is interested about it is that it doesn't it's not the skill set necessarily that um that gives you uh that sort of like not like that edge I guess but it's the confidence that knowing that you can do mm-hmm. that or and that resonates and that just kind of like it's like a glow that just like an, or an energy that um, just exudes from you when you you know that like it's like try me like I don't you know I don't yeah you're I'm, not looking for it but it's, it's not, nice to know yeah I'm absolutely not looking for it that um, if it push comes to shove then I know I'm not going to back down and I know I'm going to stand my ground so um, it's just I that wish that like I wish that for every woman I really do and I wish yeah. that the it would understand like just the, the importance of paying attention to their surroundings. And mm-hmm. my dad was a parole officer and, you know, I guess I grew up like way more paranoid than other children because my dad's clients were killing and raping and murdering people. And, you know, oh. they're hurting little children. And, and you know, my dad was super paranoid and constantly like just common sense. And I, mm-hmm. I see like, especially younger girls like on their phones walking through a parking lot or they're just not even paying attention and I'm like you are such a target and I get really angry and I'm just constantly reminding them like you just whether or not you have martial arts or you're a wrestler Mm -hmm. or you can kick ass or whatever like at least give yourself you know the uh, the what's the word I'm looking for Uh, the advantage Mm -hmm. of paying attention to what the hell is going on yeah and that's why I think it's just 
It's so important, even if it's just like a freaking like kickboxing class, you know, just to, oh. just to be aware of like what, what, how your body can move and, you know, operate in that kind of like space. And um, like that, like I was saying, like, you know, just giving off that energy already is such a deterrent to anyone that thinks that they can like fuck with yes. you because like if you walk into a room with your shoulders back and your head held up high, or walking down the street, you know, walking down the street, like with that sort of energy, chances are anyone who is even thinking about attacking you is going to be like, well, she looks like she knows where she's going. And she, you know, and she's I'm not going to, I'm not going to fuck with that. So, you yeah. Know. And that's, you know, they, they do look for the number one mm -hmm. thing that a, a predator looks for is an easy target. Like they don't want yeah. somebody with all of that, but if you don't have all of that, like mm -hmm. be that obnoxious person. Like I, there's so many times when I cross the street and I think they're probably like, what the hell is her problem? But you know what? I don't care what you think yeah. about my problem. I'd rather be safe than sorry. And they don't go for the one that's loud and they don't go for mm -hmm. the one making huge overtures or just, exactly. they don't want that. They want somebody slumped over with no confidence on their phone, mm -hmm. not looking around or just into their no own awareness. world. It's just, yeah. again, common, common sense. But I was just, when Myra was telling me about you, I was just so excited because it's like, we need real people that are like, basically you're like a real life superhero mm -hmm. and I, and you're super hot. And I know the guys will love the chicks too, love to see you. And how did this love for martial arts and jujitsu mm -hmm. translate into wrestling? Like when did that come about? Um, that's also an interesting story. So, <laughs> um, okay. So a couple of years ago, um, I would say in 2016, I was uh, I worked at a um, network called Access TV. Okay. And, yeah. Um, they. Um, I was the art director there, and so I was in charge yes. of. God, girl. <laughs> I was in charge of all like the branding and the marketing of the channel, and you know, promotion of all the shows and the content on there. And um, it, I don't know if you're familiar with the network or not, but you know, TNA's on it now, isn't it? Impact on yeah. Access, right? Yep. yep. Um, uh, a, a portion of that content was dedicated to MMA and to professional wrestling. And uh, we had New Japan Pro Wrestling and we also had Wow Women of Wrestling. And um, the executive producer at the time um, for Access TV knew of my background, like in martial arts, and he said, you know, you'd be a great fit for the show. Why don't you audition for Wow Women of Wrestling, you know? <laughs> and I, at first I was like, I don't know, I'm like, you know, I don't know if it's really my thing. Um, you know, I love pro wrestling, but I couldn't, you know, I'm like pretty introverted. Like I'm actually like a really shy person and like I really keep to myself and um, I just didn't see myself kind of like in that context or in that environment, um, you know, or really flourishing in that. But um, I was going through some like really shitty things in life and I just wanted something that was just completely the opposite of what I would normally do or what I would normally be and I just wanted to really just shock the system and I was like and he kept he was pretty persistent about me auditioning I was like you know what fuck it I'm just gonna go and just do it and the moment I stepped in that ring and the moment I took my first bump I was like oh my god I'm in love <laughs> like this is look it, it felt like the culmination of everything that I had done in my life had met in that ring like being a performer you know in a band for so many years like you know that was very much 
being a performer is very much part of like who I am but uh, for whatever reason throughout my you know sort of adult life I'd really started smushing that part down and um when I realized when I got in that ring like how much like I had missed that and how much I actually need that to like you know sort of feel content and feel like uh whole it yes. just made so much sense and just with like you know my sort of combat martial arts background um you know bringing that into it just meant that my body was just really used to yeah a lot of the movements i mean not saying that it transitioned fluidly at all it was actually very like a lot of the things that i knew from um do- doing martial arts was very counterintuitive in the ring so i had to unlearn a lot of things in order to be able to like you know operate in that ring in, in a way that was you know um that spoke the language of uh, pro wrestling so i i mean one thing about me is i love to learn i love challenges especially especially physical challenges so like i was determined to like try and understand how it was that this thing that just looks so beautiful and fluid when you're watching it like you know how how do you do that and like how how does the body move like that and how do you move with someone else with like you know you're communicating and speaking this language of like of movement without like saying anything and it was just so beautiful to me and um it just made so much sense for me to like want to just completely envelop myself in this world and um so much of what i love about just you know feeling empowered as a woman and feeling confident and representing like parts of myself that I wouldn't normally represent, you know, just walking down the street like, you know, just a regular person and it's like it's just a, such a great opportunity for everything that I love in my life to like just be culminated in like the one place and and yeah, and that's and that I started that journey on a couple of years ago and you know, just sort of just been chipping away at it and trying to do as much as I can like <laughs> as much as my body will allow me, you know, after having beat myself up over you have various things over the years but such I an just- effective life girl i i just i i'm looking at all of this stuff and in the notes it says that you were on um wow superheroes so when mm-hmm. was that um i had my uh debut in i remember it was like thanksgiving of 2019 so okay. Yeah, there was uh, it was the first time I was, you know, on TV. Yeah, <laughs> so it was really exciting. Um and um, you know, we all train at the the Wow Training Center back in LA. Well, we were training there right up until the pandemic and um you know, we were we shot a whole season um which is uh yet to air anywhere. So, um, you know, had a whole bunch of matches on there um but yet to be seen by the world, but um and I was really happy with that because I felt like, you know, every all, all the sort of like efforts and everything that we, you know, sort of worked towards in, in the training center had really, you know, come together really well in that last season. So hopefully there'll be an outlet for that soon I somewhere. Can't I can't wait to see that. And please come back on when that's out or you need to promote. Like we would love to, yeah. to blast that out. That's exciting. Myra said that you had a match on Bloodsport. What was that? Um, so Bloodsport um, is a promotion that I guess you could call it, um, it's like, it's a shoot style promotion. So uh, all the wrestlers that are, you know, on Bloodsport or like, um, or 
fight on Bloodsport all come from like a shoot background. So um, when I first saw my first Bloodsport event in uh, at Mania Week two years ago, I I think I'd only just <coughs> I hadn't even like started wrestling, but I knew that's what I wanted to do because it was like the perfect. You know, like it really was a perfect combination of everything that I'd like done in my life of like, you know, just my martial arts training, but then, you know, just this platform that just really allowed um, all the wrestlers to showcase their technical abilities, you know, within something, within a different format that, you know, people aren't necessarily used to like um, with like, you know, regular wrestling with a ring and um, with ropes and everything. So, um, so yeah, I, uh, uh, I made it a goal of mine to to be on Bloodsport, like um, you know, in my professional wrestling career, and you know, I was able to do that like at um, in Tampa uh, just over a month ago now, and it was an incredible experience, and um, I you know I can't express how just every single moment of it was just I was just like I I, I couldn't believe it was happening because it was so amazing and it just felt so incredible and. Um, I just really felt like it was the perfect chance to showcase not only like my, my technical abilities, but also just, you know, that, that side of me that doesn't get to nece- that doesn't necessarily get to come out like in, in wow, because, you know, that's obviously a very specific, um, style of wrestling that, um, you know, that I love as well, but it was, yeah, so it was a great opportunity to really like uh, showcase my martial arts skill in more of like a professional wrestling platform so i loved it and i just hope i can do more of those kinds of matches in the future so yeah insane and no <laughs> i so i do graphic design i <laughs> i my my story was I always was interested in photography and graphics <laughs> and i kind of did my um my record deal that i got was with prince and people in minneapolis <laughs> And I got in because I did all the graphics and I did their photography as a little kid. Like yeah. they didn't really pay me, but I, they always gave me tickets to boy band shows. So they're like, yeah. do all these graphics and lyric sheets and, you know, decks and whatnot. Like you can get this ticket. And then I realized yeah. later on when I started seeing things like showing up places, like I should be, people are like, you should be getting paid, you know? And that led to like a record deal, but it was always like doing something else to get to, it was like a backdoor entry. So when mm-hmm. I hear like Myra's like, oh, well, she does graphics. I'm like, yeah, yeah, everybody does. And then I'm looking at your page like, what the fuck? Like <laughs> you do graphics, you know, like how, when did you start doing graphic design? When did you start doing all of this stuff? And how did you get these gigs? Because you must be the most chill, cool, temperamental human being, because I'm looking at a lot, a lot of amazing work that, that's like the upper echelon of clients, like to, to know those types of people. And mm-hmm. a lot of the gigs I'm guessing that you get from word of mouth or referral because people trust you, they know your work and they love it. So how did that all start? Um, so I, um, I, I mean, I guess like my, um, you know, education was uh, in design uh, yeah so I graduated with a you know bachelor of design um, back in Australia and um and I worked mostly within um, post-production and uh television and broadcast so I was able to apply you know all those kind of design fundamentals within the world of like you know moving graphics motion graphics and that's really 
really where I made like the basis of my career. Um, so I, I really am like my my skill set is really in um, design and animation, and you know the combination of just um, you know design principles but within a moving space. Um, and you know having built a pretty solid portfolio in Australia, I um, that's actually how I ended up in LA. Was I got offered a position um, at an agency called Troika um, that you know had like a lot of high-profile clients, like you know ABC and Fox and um, TNT, and um, they sponsored me over to LA. So I you know packed up my bags and I uh, moved over here, chasing the dream of um, working in, in television and. Um, and then, yeah, just from there, I was able to really um, get my, you know, teeth into like really just amazing projects um, and, you know, things that, you know, probably people have seen and like. Um, did your website, did you make your own website? <laughs> yeah, I made my website. It's so freaking great. Like it's so well done. Just amazing. <laughs> This so it's so clean and so like you guys go um what I got my glasses on it's hey it's hey Karen Tran yeah hey yeah. h u i k a r e n t r a n dot com if you want to see a yeah. fucking website that's like legit go look at this clean beautiful website so of course the first graphic that pops out I mean tell us what you did with straight out of Compton did you what what did you contribute to that? Did you create it? Did you direct it? Like that's that's like everybody uses that and rips it off. So what's the story behind that? Um, that was actually a um, so I designed the logo for that um, movie. Um, so you know the lockup that you see with like that kind of references a um, parental advisory um, logo. That actually, funnily enough, came about within about thirty minutes before I had to take my lunch break. I was working at a studio in LA um, called The Ether and we dealt primarily with, um, you know, movie trailers and just, you know, uh, Universal was one of our clients um, and we were just like a small boutique agency that, you know, just did all the sort of graphics with the trailers and stuff like that. But they needed just a, 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 they needed something to just throw at the end of the trailer because they were presenting to the client by the end of the day. You know how it goes. It's like, just give us something or just give us some options. And I was, you know, obviously being familiar with like um, NWA and um, just that, you know, everything, uh, everything to do with like that uh, time period of music and and the culture. And I was like, you know, uh, let's just, ma- you know, mash these things up and like see how it looks and see how it feels. And I think I gave a couple of options where one was like horizontal, one was stacked, which is the one that ended up, you know, being used on the movie and the poses and stuff. And um, I remember just submitting the um, logo designs to the client, going to my lunch break, and then not ever hearing anything about it for a couple of, like maybe it was like a month or something. And then they just, because the reason I hadn't heard anything about it was because they just loved it. So they just ended up using it and no changes, which is, as you know, as a designer, like that's like miraculous. It's like, what? No changes? What? <laughs> like, um, so I, the next time I saw it was like when the trailer came out and uh, from there it just kind of blew up like it just became this iconic thing that just got like um, copied and just reappropriated in like the wildest of like 
context and I was like, oh my God, like I designed that. Like that's like fucking amazing. <laughs> like no, I surprised it, myself. It is. Like, it is. And like uh, to not have any changes and just have them say, and there's a really valuable lesson in there that I learned years ago, like hanging mm-hmm. with Prince, Minneapolis scene. It's just like, do the best job that you can with whatever, whatever it is that you're mm-hmm. given do the absolute best job that you can execute with whatever budget that you have or mm-hmm. don't slop through shit because people will use it. And I learned that I, I'm, somebody gave, uh, it was a drum kit called Visualite. Okay. And the Visualites were clear. It was like an electronic drum kit back in the day. Mm-hmm. The symbols were all uh, fluorescent, clear uh, hardware, which is everything was just like, it wasn't metal. So it was plastic and it was that like lucite, you know, bright pinks. And so they gave the drum kit to this dippy kid in a boy band. And, you know, I was shooting that day and I just said, let me light it and let me, um, let me just shoot this and we'll give it to the, the company. They'll love to see it. Well, of course, I went and did a layout, like something that you'd see in Modern Drummer Magazine. I was like, oh, I'm just going to put a logo here and put all the sponsors on the bottom, even though we don't even have these sponsors. And I'm just going to make it look like you're already rolling and you're a famous drummer and you're using this this kit. And I remember printing it out on thermal paper, dating myself, but that's what we had, a thermal printer. Yeah. And I remember FedExing, FedExing this stuff to um, Visualite. And I think I FedExed it to Modern Drummer. Now, this isn't a file. This is a fucking thermal print. I kid you not, somebody scanned that shit in and that ad, that ad, as is. No changes, Mm -hmm. fake ass shit on the bottom, didn't even exist. Record label, you know, division, non-existent. Never, I shit it out my ass. It was in Modern Drummer. And I then I was like, you really have to be careful because you Mm -hmm. have a lot of power. And anything I've ever, that was like a real, and I was real, real, real young, man. That was an aha moment where I was like, do the best job that you can do. And Mm -hmm. I know you handed in a couple of different comps and you said you got a horizontal and a stacked and do the best job you can and be pro and be proud of your Mm -hmm. shit, hand it in. And and I I think 99% of the time it will get used and probably just as if you give them a few options, like Mm -hmm. it's going to get used. Don't. People just these days are so, and I don't know if it's because you're an entertainer or you just are different, wired differently, or you're just because a lot of artists are flaky bitches, you know that. But yeah, there's a different art to graphics and motion, and, mm-hmm. and I do editing and photography, and it's just like, and jujitsu, the same thing. Like you want to honor the art, yeah. you know, do the best job that you can mm-hmm. do. And when I like when she was like, oh, she does graphics, I was just like. God, right. You know, and then I'm like, oh shit. Yes. Because and I was I was overjoyed to see somebody like taking and the website. I mean, it's I gotta study this. It's so clean, like it's so branded, and like I just love it. Like it's so freaking perfect. Like all your logos are exactly the face off, sport TV, the food network, everything is just and what did you do with um, Greenleaf? What's that all about? And own and uh, the, what did you what did you do on these graphics? Did you do the text? Did you shade the the faces? Like, tell us about mm-hmm. that page. Um, so I uh, did a stint at um, the Oprah Winfrey Network um, a few years ago, and um, I was just uh, helping out with basically um, the creative for the camp, um, the launch of 
the show, which is now in its nth season, I didn't even know, but like at the time, um, Greenleaf was a new show on OWN and they brought me on to help um, conceptualize the look of the the promos and like the on-air, on-air promos and like the, um, um, just the motion of it all and just, you know, the look and feel of it all. Um, and that was like a really great opportunity like just to delve into something that was just like so rich and just gorgeous it was beautifully shot so i just love working with anything that's just you know just yeah not yeah and um, <laughs> so um so i helped with basically um conceptualizing uh i didn't i didn't design the logo but i conceptual i, I worked on how the logo was going to be like rendered and like you know just kind of like um, ethereal kind of like dark but kind of really rich golden world and sure. um and that basically ended up being translated into you know the key art and like the um the uh, the billboards and stuff like that so uh you know i worked on all the little vignettes of like the faces and like the the white play and all the faces mm. and that was a really really fun project and i loved working at own and um yeah i mean uh you know i just um uh, sometimes it's, you know, I, I get brought on to, into a project when, you know, the initial sort of um, like branding blocks have kind of been put in place and then I just take that and then like sort of flush it out and like, you know, add all like the the juicy, mm-hmm. you know, delicious bits with, <laughs> that's how I refer to it, like, you know, the motion and the lights and the, you know, the textures and stuff like that. Um, and then other times, like, you know, I'll start like from, you know, chicken scratches of like a logo and then turn that into something or you know I'll work on the logo itself like it's you know it doesn't matter like where in the process of the design um the design process I get brought into like I just you know I I can jump in and I can just like take it and just really just make it into something and you know the, the thing that I love about um just being a creative is that like you were saying before it's you know there's never like a perfect circumstance of um being working to your best you know mode like there's always going to be um something that's going to be a hindrance whether it's budget or whether it's resources whether it's you know a shitty time in your life like it but you just have to make it work Isn't and that, that's so interesting i was mad at a friend because they're giving me a hard time about not having enough time to hang out or this or that and i'm just like you have a job that you go to where you literally and i'm it, it, I've done it it's similar to when I used to clean houses when I was, okay. I, I I'd cleaned houses for a, a stretch and I loved cleaning houses because I could go into somebody's life, make things better, put my headphones on, listen to either a podcast or some self-help stuff or mm-hmm. uh, a track that I'm writing lyrics to or whatever. And I would do my work. I would tune out the world and be there for eight hours and then I would leave and that's it. And mm-hmm. I don't have to think about shit. And if anything, I could just, get into my own zone. I leave it. I never have to talk to that person again. Or maybe next month I see him again. I know where all their stuff is. There's something very simplistic about that. And that's similar to the job that my friend has where mm-hmm. they work in a catering kitchen. Their job is to just cut shit all day long. They cut vegetables and get it ready <laughs> and that's it. They don't even need to talk to anybody and then they wash all the dishes. And it's a great job. It's a great, they only have to work a few uh, days a week. And, mm-hmm. and I'm like, if you're in a bad mood, you can be in a bad mood and cut broccoli. You can be angry or sad or <gasps> sobbing and chop up and mince that onion or you can do that. But for yeah. somebody that's in a creative space, especially like I'm looking at 
Okay, so if they give you the Greenleaf logo and it's up to you to just come up with a look and feel or a treatment or it, it, it like you could literally just be sitting there and have a meltdown because your brain is not in the right space to create. And it's not like, oh, I'm an art. It's like it's you go write a love song if you're angry or go write an angry song if you're it's like it's very, very difficult. And especially mm-hmm. with uh, content creation and I do Patreon and I have to just come up with my own. There's nobody to tell me. Karen, you need to, it's like, that's why we're coming to Karen is Karen's got to figure it out. And that's a very tough thing that people always think they want what you have or that job or that role, but it's very, very difficult sometimes, Mm -hmm. especially if emotionally you are off. It's fairly hard to just say, all right, I'm just going to shit out creations. It's very difficulty, very difficult. Um, And I feel like that is like the, um, it's a blessing and a curse to be yes. you know, creative because, you know, you're constantly, when you're in that flow zone where it's just like things are happening and you're like making stuff and you feel great about it, it's awesome. But when you're in that zone where you're like paralyzed by your own, like I get like a bad anxiety about like so many things and that paralyzes me to the point where like I can't even like pick up I can't even like look at a like a blank page without feeling like so much stress and anxiety because it's like there's all this pressure to make something because you know you can yes. do it. You know you can make good stuff, but it's like fuck, I've got to make something good, like this beautiful blank piece of paper. But then I get so stressed that I'm going to make something shitty, so I don't even do it at all, and it just becomes yes. this. Yeah, that very, very, very difficult. And then just the whole. You're, the time is creeping away and you don't yeah. have anything done. And then by the power of God, for me, something comes out. Like, I'm just like, oh my. And then it's like, or it finally comes out and you you know it's not right. You know that it's shit. And you're like, yeah. I'm yeah. out of time. What do yeah. I do with this? And like, hopefully some last minute breakthrough comes through. But I know I've, I can think on, on, I can think of three times in my life when I've handed in photos where I'm like, they're not going to pay me for these. First sure. off, you're ugly. You're out of shape. You look like shit. I did a bad job. These clothes suck on you. The locations are horrible. The lighting is just not. And I'm like, I'm thinking I just did a bunch of work for nothing because they're going to, and then uh, by the power of God, again, it's like, these are amazing. And I'm like, these, these, oh, yes, yes. They're <laughs> and they're, and they're not. And then it just teaches mm-hmm. me how to be better next. But I can think of some polished turds that I've handed in oh. where it just there, there something wasn't there, and that there, it's 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 suffocating sometimes. It really is, yeah. Because you want to do the best. We have to look at our time because we started. I started a half an hour late, and I, now I wish I would have booked it out another day because I could talk to you all day. Oh. You're brilliant and so talented and gifted. Tell people what's coming up for you next, where they can follow you that you want. Is it Instagram? Is it Twitter? Uh, pimp yourself out so that people can follow and know what's cooking for you. And when that other, uh, was it Bloodsport or the other, the women, the what was the other one that's coming out that you said hasn't been? Oh, hasn't well, been I'm wrestling. Yeah, like I, I can't wait to like, please keep me in the loop when that's out so mm-hmm. I can promote it. But tell us what's what's coming up for you and where people can follow. Yeah, so I mean, I have a lot of, um, you know, things penciled in into the future, nothing that I can announce just yet, but um, just, you know, follow me on social media at Hey Karen Tran um, on Twitter and Instagram and also my website, HeyKarenTran.com, so you can see all of my 
professional <laughs> artwork and, and stuff. Um, and yeah, um, also follow um, WOW Superheroes at WOW Superheroes on Instagram and on Twitter to um, keep up with all the latest happenings there because I'm sure things will be um, announced soon as to, you know, where we're going to be appearing next. Um, but, um, but yeah, stay tuned. Lots of things, exciting things happening in the future. Super, super excited. Realm Network brand family, Russo's brand. Thank you so much again for hanging out with us. Goldie's Closet. What an awesome episode and just a powerhouse, real life superhero. And it's just as Karen Tran. That's what you go by, correct? Um, I, when I wrestle on KZT. Oh, KZT. Yeah, which is, a, which is short for, I mean, not short. Well, I guess it's short for KZT, which is what my friends call me back home in Australia or Kaz, Kazar, Kazzy T. So I just shorten it to KZT. So there's that too. <laughs> Many amazing, amazing talent, big things coming. And as always, we remind everybody out there, I used to say stay safe, but somebody got on there me for that and said, you should really tell people to stay free because safe isn't really free. And I was like, all right, I'll change my tagline to oh, wow, stay free, that. be free and always stay golden. We clap at the end. what's up ladies and gentlemen just doing the daily check-ins on patreon wanted to wish you the greatest start to your week come on over to patreon we're doing a lot of customized love just want to make sure everybody's getting the attention that they need and deserve and that's merited We still want to come by on regular social media platforms and say thank you so much for being here, both for me and for the band. Love you, and as always, stay golden. 